boom, Two Planker Podcast. First in person, we are here in Ryan Barrick's RV at that young ski bum. What's up, dude? Stoked here at Spring Pass. Ethan pulled up the other day. It's been a great time. Sun's hot. Slush is real. And there's mad homies down at Lolo Pass. <laughs> dude, all right, so this is funny. So for everyone to know, Ryan and I have already been hanging out four days and already talked about damn near everything there is to talk about. But <laughs> we're going to run it. These are the Mount Hood files, so we're going we're gonna to try it out, dude. So thank you for letting us use the RV space to try to get this done. No worries, man. Stoked to do this. Yeah. So why don't you tell everyone about where we're at right now and kind of just the general Spring Pass scene. Obviously, we're at Mount Hood Spring Pass. It's the place to be in the month of May. We are down in the famous Lolo Pass camping area. Um, 39 is another spot a lot of people hang out at. But this is a little further from the mountain. Super dry, sunny, just a lot of heads. I think we had like 25 to 30 people at our fire pit last night. Got a little wild, but it was a great time. A lot of fun stories, a lot of fun games. But... Yeah, just most people are either car camping or tent camping, freaking roughing it. We got like six Coleman grills out here, freaking coolers galore. And yeah, just whatever we got to do to wake up in the morning and go shred. Yeah, dude. We got Chris's, we got Chris Function's dog running around, Chris Bechtold. Hopefully we can get him in the studio at some point. We got a great view of the whole campsite from uh, from Ryan's window right now. So um, let's, I'm going to give everyone an update. So, last I talked about Mount Hood was the Sword of Snow episode. I said I did not want to put the miles on my car. And I didn't. I'm using my sister's car right now. <laughs> I'm using my sister's car. She's very generous for letting me use it. Put a little car camping setup in it. Dude, how many days did it take to get here? It took five days to get here. I pull up, and uh, that Monday was horrible weather. So after driving all the way across country, drove up to Seattle, linked up with Dubay. So shout out Jake Dubay for giving me a bunch of free stuff. He, he hooked it up with the camp setup. I look like a walking billboard for line right now if anyone sees me. It's ridiculous, but uh, I appreciate it. And yesterday was our first day, and uh, and it was great, dude. So how long have you been here so far? So far, I think like four or five days. I kind of went back to the coast when it... I had to make go back to work a little bit, and I just hit the good weather window and then went back to the coast. It got a little rainy, but got to finish out Spring Pass, so I'm here till the end now. Yeah. Dude, so we were talking about how you want to live on the coast a little bit more. How long have you been living like with this current setup, the current rendition of this RV? Four years now. Four years. And then how many years have you been living in an RV in general? I think a little over six years now. Dude. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's when I come to Mount Hood, I feel like a king. Everybody's car camping or tent camping, and I got heat, electricity. Now I got Starlink, so this is the first time people are making phone calls at Lolo Pass, and it's sweet because not everybody has it. So still at the campfire and everything, no one's on their phone. It's so fun. Everybody's telling stories, doing riddles, playing drinking games. Yeah, it's just a good time. Dude, we were talking about that last night, like. First of all, it's great being the only ones with Wi-Fi, but, dude, it's just like camp, bro. Everyone's sitting around just getting to know each other, killing time. Chris Function, with all his little word games, his little... Oh, my God, he's so fun. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, dude. Um, 
Let's see. So we'll get, we'll make this episode about you rather than just Spring Pass because we had you on before, so there's some updates. So we had you on in Fall 21. I don't know if the, I don't know if if you can kind of remember where you were at at that time, but now it seems like you're like for sure set on living on the Oregon coast. So you want to talk about that process a little bit and how you came to that conclusion? Yeah, it's just like every for the past like six years, I've come out to Spring Pass spring summer fall like just getting good jobs in oregon making good money and then usually traveling in the winter and just getting into surfing and now getting into motocross i just didn't realize like the scene around oregon for all these sports that i want to do and then i just happened to get this really cool job on the coast and i was just like i of course i said yes seven minutes from short sands being able to just surf anytime i want and then i was just like all right if I'm going to like want to settle down in Oregon, I need to sp- actually spend a winter because I never have. It's always been come like end of April or something, show up for spring pass. And I've never been on T-Line or any resort in the middle of the winter. So I was like, I'm just going to see what it's like. I was out on the coast, so I'm definitely a little far from some ski resorts during the winter. But I still do a lot of traveling. Not with the RV this year. Yeah, tell everyone about that a little bit because I saw you at Tour. Yeah, we I went on a big like month and a half long demo tour with Deviation and we hit SoCal, Arizona, Montana, Idaho, Utah, Colorado and we just used the Deviation whip and that was a really fun trip and everything and it was just cool not to have not to lug around the RV as much as I love doing it but just having, you know, hotels and stuff paid for it was just nice and <laughs> Not putting miles on my own vehicle for the first time is, yeah. has been pretty sweet. So I was just like saving it for spring pass. And then hopefully I'll get some surf trips now that I save some miles on the RV. Yeah, dude. So this way of life, this RV way of life, I feel like it's what a lot of people say like, oh man, I wish I could do that. I would love to do that. But it's like a, it's a tough setup to pull off if you can't get work. So like, what's kind of like your yearly schedule for like, Time on for working, time off for playing, and keeping enough, like, you know, making enough money and then saving enough to extend that out a little bit. Like, how, what's your year kind of look like? This year was a little different than most. Most years it was when everybody's off traveling, having a good time in the summer, I'm freaking head down. I still get to surf and do all the fun sports that I do, but it's a one general area, yeah. and I just freaking grind June through November for the most part, and then I would just be in the RV all winter. This year was a little different. I was just like making a little money on the demo trip with deviation and then helping a, a boss of mine build a house on the Oregon coast. So just, you know, this year was a little different working way more than normal. I just had some car problems at the end of last summer, but just like not having it, like I'm literally on the Oregon coast, not paying a cent to live, just groceries and gas for my car. Yeah. Are you still working at the sawmill? Is that like your prime summer gig? I don't see myself, I mean, that boss at the sawmill is one of my best friends from high school's uncles, so I'll, if he ever needs help with big order stuff, because it's such a small operation sawmill, I'll, I'll definitely go back, but he just hooked me up with a friend of his on the Oregon coast building houses, and just basically I just got intertwined with his whole older group of, of dudes that are like mid-30s and up. And they're just all construction dudes and like cement guys, excavation guys and stuff yeah. like that. So 
it's just this cool community of hardworking dudes that also ride dirt bikes and surf and one of them is also Dylan Hood who's just an insane big mountain TGR skier and it's just cool to like see how he transitioned from skiing to just like having a wife like I don't know if he's once kids or not but just like has this house and now he's this badass surfer on the Oregon coast and he's still like intertwined like he still looks at all the ski movies and everything he knows what's up yeah it's just it's just cool it's a, not not at all what I was expecting just like I kind of go with the flow in life and like I have a direction I want to go but I'm definitely open to like yeah you never know what's going to happen well dude that's kind of how that's kind of the only way that you can make this work we were talking about that before and we kind of mentioned it on the last episode with Dubai but it's like the freelancing side of things yep. you can't you got to be kind of un, you got to be kind of comfortable with uncertainty because yep. you got to just be patient and wait for like okay it will work out like something will come up yep. but i mean dude doing construction and like working with your body I don't, I don't know if everyone can do that. That's tough work. It's taxing, but it's just, I'm, I was always amazing in tech classes and all that. And like English class is not so good. Math class is amazing. And just like, I just love working with my hands and it's just, it feels like you just feel accomplished. Like, yeah, I don't like just like what freaking Clayton Villa said one time. I don't like pounding nails all the time, but when you finish a house and it's beautiful and someone lives in it and raises a family in it, it's a pretty cool feeling. Wow, dude. Yeah, that's profound. I think uh, I can't. I truly cannot remember the last time I did work like that. Like we do, you know. I work working on projects is great for work. You know, something that has a clear start, start, middle, end, and then you move on to the next project and start that. I think a lot of people working in product development know that. But uh, dude, I've had some of those jobs where it's just like an endless queue of work. That never ends, dude. You're just you're just ripping the laptop all day, every day, and it's never ending. That gets a little. Uh, that's I would say that's more brutal than building the house. It's just meant like I don't know. I'd rather like I'm still young, so maybe I'll regret this later. But I just like I'm okay with like it's. I just think about it as a workout type of thing at at some point of just like you know body emotion stays emotion. I just wanna. I'm okay with like. If I don't become rich or well off at any point, like I'm, I always can make money with my hands. Like I just, I'm like mechanically smart construction. I'm like, I'm not doing just electrical or just framing. Like I'm doing everything for this house. We did windows, we did metal roof, we did siding. Yeah. Yeah. We're like about to get into some more electrical stuff. So it's just like, I'm not just like doing one job and going house to house to house. I'm learning everything about it. Plumbing, everything. Which is so funny, considering you don't have your own your own house to use those skills on yet. No, not yet, dude. But we were talking yesterday, and I love what you just said. Body emotion stays emotion. Like when I'm at home, it's just like it's so easy to be lazy. But when your only option for sleeping or relaxing is a is a car camping setup where it is pretty uncomfortable and you got no headspace, it's just like all right. Well, what else am I gonna do today? I'm gonna like be outside and just walk around. And uh, we haven't had any rain yet, so maybe I would be saying something completely different. But, dude, it's great. It, you woke, you kind of woke me up at like 7.30 today, but I was already opening my eyes. Yep. Everyone was by the campfire last night going pretty hard. And, like, and it's 9 o'clock right now and people are moving around. Like, you have a house party or something and everyone's in their warm, cozy beds. Dude, people aren't getting out of bed until, like, 11 p.m. after – or 11 a.m. after uh, after a night out. It's – uh. There's just something different about like living on the move and uh, and like living outdoors, pretty much. 
Yeah, it's just it just it's like another le like it's just this weird level of responsibility of just like you want to have a comfortable bed, you want to have your ski gear dried out, just like not like oh I'm in a warm house, all right, I just throw my bag in, it'll like maybe it'll get dry, like my stuff will get dry or something. Like it's just like all right, I got to do this, this, and this before I like go to the campfire and get a little loose and just like yeah. it's just a little it's like it's I don't know it's just a weird responsibility that's just like not. It's not something you think about, and then it's just like, all right, all right, I'm a little on top of my stuff, and then, all right, I can have some fun, and then it's just, ah, dude, Mount Hood, you just wake up in the woods, all your <laughs> friends, birds chirping, yeah, and it's just like, you know, like, you see the sun, and you're just like, all right, everybody's going up to the mountain. Yeah, dude. I don't know if you listened to the Emmett episode, but Emmett was living in a motorcycle garage, and he was saying he did it because he was getting a little bit soft. Like, he was getting a little bit comfortable eating some nice dinners a little too often. And so he had to change it up and make it hard. And honestly, living a little bit harder, it's nice, dude. It's nice. Like dealing with those like every day, like you said, like, all right, you just got off the hill. Well, you got to draw all your stuff while the sun's still out. You can't just like go inside and throw it on like a radiator or something or throw it in the dryer, you know? So, uh, I don't know. It adds a little bit of, it adds a little bit of grit, puts a little hair on your chest, you know? No soft people out here in the Mount Hood National Forest. I'll tell you that. And if there is, they don't. They don't last long. They they go to the Airbnbs. <laughs> Dude, I was an Airbnb head last year. <laughs> it it's way more comfortable, but I think this is the way to do it. I haven't seen Road Thirty Nine yet, but uh, I don't know. You said that that's changed a little bit. You want to touch on that for someone that's been here for probably six summers. Road 39 is an amazing spot. If you if it's your first time at Hood, it's a little closer to the mountain than Lolo Pass, but it's like where majority of people go. I say, I don't know if I can really like 100% say that it's a little bit younger of a crowd, but it's just like a sh like a smaller camping area, so there's just way more heads, and it's it's a very legendary spot. I met I met Dadali there, Sammy Kina, just like a bunch of dudes when I first came out. But there's just, like, a lot of people would, like, leave trash or just, like, just do some things that are just not that cool. So they started shutting down some of the cool camping spots back there that, you know, I'd, I'd like, pull up, not message anybody. And I'd see the same kids at the same spots two years in a row. And then just, like, from other people coming in and just, like, trashing it and not, not picking up after themselves, they kind of shut down some of the better spots. And with just how many kids coming in out of that road, I just... I don't know. My friends just started going to Lolo Pass, and it's it's just I don't know. It's just a cooler spot. But thirty nine is very legendary. Yeah, dude. Let's talk about your hood pass. Not your hood pass. Your spring pass journey a little bit, because <laughs> it's just the natural thing to talk about right now. Like six summers. Chris Beck told us is twelve summers. Like we were talking about. I can't wait to talk to him about that. But so. Tell us about your first time going out the hood and then just how you, the process of how you fell in love with it. And you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to be here every year now. It's the, it's just crazy. Cause like my best friend growing up, Derek Simpson, he just so happened to have an uncle that was out in hood river and growing up in Pennsylvania with him just one summer, he was like, I'm going to go visit my uncle. And it's like around Mount hood and you can ski I think it was like July 4th or something. We it just like came out for a week. I came out with them and we were just like, yeah, you can ski up on Mount Hood. And we were just like, what do you like? What do you mean? Like July, like from Pennsylvania, that's like, that's psycho. Yeah. And so we just came out and we came up just like one or two days. 
I wasn't like we definitely hit the park, but I wasn't like super into this. Like I didn't know like West Coast sessions like that crazy yet. I was still pretty young. I want to say like 12 or 13 or something like that. And that was my first hood experience of just like, whoa, like the just like the mountain is you just all of a sudden go from like a couple thousand feet to just 6000 plus and it's just one cone peak and then all after a bunch of years of just like seeing west coast sessions and getting much better at park and stuff like that and just hearing all the stories of the great migration from all like the vermont people and everything going out the hood i was just like all right i graduated high school i was a manager at subway at 18 and i was just like not paying rent at my parents house and just started stacking money i was like all right i'm going to oregon for this spring pass i don't I honestly don't know what really was just like motivated me so much. I just wanted to keep skiing at yeah. that point. And so I drove my Subaru Forester. I packed a lot of things into my Subaru Forester and just drove out to Oregon, stopping in Colorado and Utah and making some friends. And then just obviously ending up at T-Line and pulled up. I don't know. I think I was someone just told me go to road 39 or something that like that. And I just pull up. And go across this little bridge to this spot that's closed now. And there's just a lot of these kids from Vermont. And everyone's just like, you just start seeing baggy clothes and twin tips. And you're just like, all right, I don't know. I don't know any of you, but I, I know we have something in common here. And then you just go up on a hill and you realize there's, you know, two, three hundred kids, baggy clothes and twin tips. And you're just like you just start riding lifts with people and they're just like, yeah, I'm from Vermont. I'm from Maine. I'm from North Carolina, Washington, like just all over the country. For some reason, people come here. And then I started meeting people from Germany and people from Canada and people from Spain. And you're just like, what, like, why are all these people in this forest right now yeah. just to ski? It's like, there's resorts that are still open all around the world with freaking really nice resorts and like, beds and all this stuff and why do people come to t-line yeah. and it's just like the 99 dollars spring pass at the time and then you just tell your friends you're coming out huge groups of kids camp in the woods and you just start telling stories and just the amount of people you meet at spring pass you know you you get clips with each other you meet people and it's like the big celebration at the end of the year for for most people like that's the last days you're skiing and then you know, you go back to wherever you came from. You, you Most skiers work in the summer and stuff like that. And then you start traveling in the winter and you start going to resorts. And then you start seeing those kids that you, like, I'm really bad with names. So I just start seeing faces. I'm like, wait, how the hell do I know you? And it's just like, yo, you camp next to me at Spring Pass. And it's just like, you start, like, that's when I started buying RV, the RV and stuff and traveling. I just started people like, I know your face. I know your face. Like, Spring Pass, Spring Pass. And it's like, we're all all over the country. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm no, now I know all these people. And it's just like, now I can, yo, I'm coming to urban trip in Vermont. Like, yo, I need a place to stay. And they're like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> Dude, it's funny because last year, obviously I can't speak for years, years before that, but there were a ton of people here last year. Yes. A lot of Salt Lake heads, a lot of people from all over the place. But because Brighton's open right now, yeah. pretty much every single person we've been running into here is from New England. Yeah. Like, for, like for sure. Most of these kids, when we ask them, where are you from? It's Vermont primarily, and then like Massachusetts, New York. The amount of green license plate this year has been pretty sweet to see. Just, it's just, I'm, it's just cool that 
even with the big snow year and all these other places open that Mount Hood still holds that like crown of spring pass and like people still make the migration out. Yeah, dude. It's just so, it's so awesome. And I was thinking about that the first night that we were at the campfire. It's like, there was all these heads. Yeah. And it's like, all right, the only thing we, we that we for sure all have in common is that we love skiing. Yep. And so you're just all out here together. Just like showing clips, talking about what you did this winter. Just, it's just awesome. And it's just like not having, like, we're down in Lilla Pass. Like, we're 25 minutes from a bar. And it's just like, yeah, we're drinking beers at the fire and stuff like that. But just like, you're not at this loud place. You're at a fire pit with a little bit of music. And you just, you know, you're playing Frisbee games and riddles and stuff. And you're just meeting meeting people that you wouldn't at like a freaking mountain town where you're at a bar and it's super loud and yeah it's just it's it's a special place dude it really is some summer camp shit yeah like it's it brings me back to being like a little kid at summer camp and hanging out in the woods dude it's so fun thinking of chris camp kid yeah Yeah, chris is a i mean we have to have him out now because he's been talking so much but i mean chris bechtold's literally walking in the fire pit barefooted (laughs) we could see him as we speak he is a He's a caveman. <laughs> he has camp caveman. songs. He knows riddles around the fire. Yeah. He's just, he's such a good man, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to listen to that podcast once we get him on. Yeah, I think, um, dude, the other part of Hood that surprised me last year is that there's all types of skill levels. Like, obviously, when you're on Instagram and you see clips from Spring Pass, you're thinking, oh, everyone that goes out there is a pro. But it's like, that's not how it is at all. Like, yeah, you see some big names. We we saw Steve Stepp and Andy Perry yesterday. Yep. But, dude, there's every type of uh, skill level here. It's really great. And there's no, you know, no one's really being an asshole. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty mellow. It's it's just like, if, if you made the trip out here from wherever you came from, that's just a level of respect everybody has. Like, I feel like there's not a whole lot of hate on the mountain. There's just like, oh, you want a clip? I got you. And then there's the obvious, like, oh, it's not like, I'm going to be a little tough on little tough love and be like, no, this is probably not the clip you want, but it's just like this respect level. And just like what it used to be like growing up filming with your friends, then they would just like check you and just be like, you know, I know you can do this better. And there's no hate. It's been a great time. And just like, we met a kid who came from an Island off the coast of Florida. Like, how do you, and like grew up surfing. Like, how do you learn how to ski? Like, it's just wild. Like my second year out here, I was I was camped and I had my like Lupe and Owen and like my my like Mill Bastard homies, and then next to us were dudes from Germany that bought a a bus in New York and like hit a bunch of resorts on the East Coast and then drove it across to Spring Pass, did Spring Pass for a whole month and then sold it the day before they had to fly back to Germany and then like the other side of us was three kids from Spain, <laughs> and then we had a huge group of like eighteen Canadians come down from Whistler, and it was just like. It's just wild, all these cultures that come together. Yeah. And it's just like, there's just this one thing of park skiing. Yeah. Dude, and it's so, the stories of how people get out here <laughs> are hilarious, dude. It is planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Even just at this campsite, dude, we got people, dude, we got people driving cross country, sleeping in their trucks. We got people renting U-Hauls. Flying in, renting U-Hauls. Flying in, renting U-Hauls. We have a kid here at our campsite who was driving out from Maine. His car broke down in Minnesota. Within three days, he sold his car, bought another, bought a truck with a cab on the back or a topper on the back, 
and continued his journey out just so he could make it out to Spring Pass. Yeah, dude. And it took him a couple extra days, but like just that level of commitment and now he's now he's here and he's having a great time and it's just it's I don't even know how to bring it up, but there's just so many coincidences and just like little things that happen that like if you just keep pushing to make the journey out, like it it just it just works out. Well, dude, that's what I was saying last night with Barkley. It, yes. There's there's two types of people. There's can doers and can't doers. Yes. And in that situation last night, he was the can doer and I was the can't doer. Like <laughs> like if you want something and you're a can doer, you'll find every reason why you can do it, even if your car breaks down in the middle of the country. Yep. But if you're a can't doer, you're gonna look for every single reason. Like oh well, well I can't do this because I got to do X Y and Z. Oh, the, oh, oh this, this is, goes wrong. This is tough. I'm just gonna go home. Yeah, dude. It's just uh, and I think I think you you hit it. It's like. You, if you get out here, there's just like a, a base level of respect. It's like, okay, like you sent it, yep. you know? Yep. And like it shows that you're serious about skiing to the, the same, at least the same the same basic degree that everyone else here is. Yeah, because most people are just like, whenever I t- talk about travels and stuff like that, or like the first time I came out to Oregon, they're, a lot of people are just like, oh, I'd love to do that. Like, I want to do that one day. And I feel like there's just a lot of people that say that and then... Like, I don't know what happens after they are thinking in their head, like, oh, I want to do that. Like, they just, like, flip a switch and they're not thinking about it anymore. And it's just, like, it's simple. You get in a freaking car. Most cars, like, you fill up for 80 bucks and you can go 300-some miles. It's only, what, 1,800 or, like, 2,500 miles from the East Coast to get out. Like, And that's the most extreme example. Like, yeah. that's that's the furthest away that you can come from. Yeah, and it's just, like, you just... You know, you got to work a little harder, save up money for a month. It's not, I mean, we're living in the woods, people. It's not like we're at the Ritz-Carlton or something. Like, yeah. you know, you're buying food and gas money. That's that's almost it. Yeah, you're using the Thriftway bathroom or, or Ryan's RV's bathroom when he's not looking, dude. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's also – but it's also one of those things. It's like, oh, well, Oregon's far. Like, maybe I'll – like, why would I do that? Or, like, uh, there's not enough reason. But I think once you're here once, like, you get it. Yep. And it's... Uh, and there's a lot of people that say they want to come and never come. And you just... You don't know until you know... Like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, it's just, like, you can come out and... You just got to come... Like, most people, if I was to tell you to come out, just freaking do the drive or fly out and rent a car and stay for at least a couple weeks. Because... I've definitely had people that like fly out for a really short time and Oregon has some crazy weather. So if you come out for a short time and you just get rain, yeah, you might never want to come back, (laughs) but maybe there's a reason why that weather was there when you came out, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You just got to tough it out. On my first spring pass, I showed up and it rained for like a whole week and a half straight up. And I was just like, set up a tent, set up a tarp over it. And I just was like, this is crazy. And so I just started throwing my clothes and stuff in my tent and just sleeping in my car because it'd be rainy down at 39, but you go up to the mountain and it'd be sunny so you could start drying stuff out. And it's just like you just learn from your friends and just like ask people. And it, yeah, just you're in the woods surviving. So it's just like people, like I don't, there's no like, oh, like I'm not going to tell this kid this like little trick or something like everybody's helping out it's it's a really special place well yeah that's that's a good point like if somebody pulls up to the campsite typically if you if you meet someone it's like okay you kind of evaluate who they are you know oh do i like this person like x y and z dude if someone shows up here like just by default it's like all right that's like that's a new friend yeah you don't have a camp chair i got you you don't have burger buns i got you 
Yeah. You want a beer? Yeah. I got you, dude. You yep. want you want two, three? Yeah. Maybe. Four? <laughs> All right, four, what do you have to contribute? <laughs> no, but it's great, dude. It really is just great. And I don't know if I want to turn this into us just talking about how much we love hood, but it's hard to not talk about. Like, we've been talking all day, every day, and I still just wanted to, like, I'm just like, I love it here. It's just mind-blowing, dude. It just yeah. doesn't make, like, it, like, almost doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's super magical, and I think, like, my buddy in, in college, he took this class on, like, uh, travel and tourism, and then he gave me his textbook afterwards, and it was great, and, like, kind of the intro chapters were, like, about the different types of travel. You know, like, back in the day... I forget, like, the time period, but it's, like, kids from England forever have been, like, taking time after high school or college and going around Europe. And it was, like, it's, like, it was integrated into their culture at the time. And uh, and then there's, like, all sorts of different, there's all sorts of different ways to travel. Mm-hmm. I, I think this, if I remember correctly from the book, this is, like, the definition of a pilgrimage, dude. It really is. It really, it really is. And uh, I won't make any religious comparisons, even though I'm, like, super <laughs> tempted to. But, um... Dude, that's what it feels like. It feels like if you're going to if you're going to do one big trip in skiing and you're in like you love park skiing, I think this is the only place you should ever go to. Like if you got some money to spend, dude, fuck going to even Salt Lake. Salt Lake's great. But like if you if you can choose one place, I think dude, you got to do this at least once. Yeah. At least once. You just the amount of people you meet is just it's just crazy. And then yeah, when after it's over, everybody spreads back out and then in the winter when you're traveling, you just see them all again. Yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of, we met at Spring Pass last year for the first time. Yes. It was great. I had you on the podcast, Fall 21. So then May 22 comes around. I'm here with my family. We pull up, we pull up to the bottom parking lot in Govey. And you're like, yo, Ethan, what's up? <laughs> and I'm with my dad. <laughs> and it's me, you, and Tyler chatting. And he's like, oh, you know, you guys know each other from the podcast? Let's get a picture. <laughs> so first time meeting you in person, my dad's taking photos of us because he thought, because he thought, you know, you're some X Games head. <laughs> it's so fun. I still have that photo somewhere. I got to find it. But, um, dude, really just, it's so, it's so tight. It's just cool because everybody in skiing is creative, so everybody has different outlets and has different things to contribute. So it's just like, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, dude. I'm speechless about Spring Pass. It's just like this. And like every year, every now and then, you know, there's some people that just have come out here long enough or just like, I don't know, feeling burnt out on it. And like every now and then I'm like, yeah, maybe I won't go to Spring Pass this year. Just like, because some of those first years were just so insane of people from all, literally all over the world coming. But, like, I came back this year just because I was on the Oregon coast, so it was just a quick drive. And I'm just so happy I did because it's not the normal crew I camp with. Obviously, I met you last year, and just, yeah. like, I'm with Chris, who I've been with almost every <laughs> every freaking spring pass. But, like, Barkley, I know through Derek going to college in Colorado, but I not, didn't really know him super deeply. And just last night around the fire, it's just cool to, like, you know, you're around a fire for a couple hours, so you really get to know somebody, and you just see how they work, and yeah, you're just like, all right, this dude's not putting a face on when he's on the mountain, like, yeah. this is how they are. Yeah, and I mean, not that we thought that Barkley was capping at all, no. but it's just like, you just get to know him, you just get to yeah, know him better. You know. You're just like, wow, this dude was, like, funny and cool and a really good skier, but then you're like, oh, wow, he's from Alaska, like, <laughs> he, you know, you send him on a fire pit run, and in four minutes, you have a 10-foot fire, it's just like, what the heck? 
Yeah, he was he was pulling some tricks out of his sleeve that were turn. You turn around and he's taking like a six foot log and throwing it on a ten foot log to break it in half <laughs> like a caveman. And yeah. you're just like, dude, everybody's from different places. It's like you just learn things. Yeah, like it's cool. How Anna's like teaching you freaking French and stuff like that. Like there's just. <laughs> You just learn anything out here. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. You work on tricks, too. Like, we we took a Palmer run yesterday, and there's a couple people that are like, nah, dude, I'm not going up. I'm here to, like, I'm here to practice my tricks. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm here to learn. It's, uh, it's a trip. And we were talking about the community and how great it is. And, I mean, this ties into the kind of the origins of this podcast. But, like, all through college, I, like, got out of touch with skiing. I was telling you this yesterday. I just always knew in the back of my mind that I that like that was the community I was going to go back to. And it was so weird cuz I never stayed in touch with anyone from skiing. I never like I kind of lost touch with it. But I just knew in the back of my mind like, oh yeah, like that'll always be there and then I can go back whenever I want. And uh I think you have the best exit strategy right now because <laughs> cuz you're getting into the motocross scene. And I think that's the same thing, but it's like it, it for some reason it seems like the like that's just like an older, it's got an like a greater range of ages. I don't know if you saw that with the moto scene, but it feels like it could last a long ass time. There's just a lot of money in motorsports, and just like I'm like I don't so like I always thought I had an addictive personality, which I think I still kind of do. But I'm just just after seeing my dad be super passionate about being a wrestling coach, and just like. He's been retired wrestling coach for so many years, but he's still on a computer watching every single wrestling match, writing down freaking every peop like people's names for every weight class and just like I see that I'm just a very passionate person about what I'm into and like the first thing I ever wanted to be when I grew up was a race car driver and just like motorsports and then you just see how gnarly motocross is and just like I feel like every action sports respects it, like like surfing and stuff like that and just like these old movies I used to watch, the Krusty movies, where it's just like these like loose freaking freestyle dirt bikers, and they would try and take their movies to, you know, like moto stores and like dirt bike stores and stuff like that, and they were just like, no, we're racers. It's kind of it's almost like the ski type of thing. Like, no, we're a higher class of people. Like, <laughs> we don't want this like loud metal music and drinking and gnarly tricks, and so we just want you know professional athletes and they actually started selling their movies more when they took it to surf shops because the surf crew was just like, oh, yeah, like, this is sick. Like, I can respect that like, you guys are doing 100-foot jumps, like, throwing your feet off, hands off, like, stuff like that. And I've just always been into action sports, just the scene of, like, if you're going to mentally push yourself and you have people around you that also want to do that and you just push each other, there's always a level of respect. It doesn't matter if personally you don't like the the person's personality or whatnot or they sometimes they act a certain way when you're doing that sport you have a level of respect to push each other yeah dude absolutely and it's it's a bummer because the more i learn about every other action sport <laughs> it's just like dude skiing might be the least cool of them like everybody's so cool dude <laughs> i love skiing so cool. and i love the industry but there's just like and I just love the people in the industry. Yeah. And that's, like, kind of what I keep reminding myself. Like, everybody's chasing sponsorships and, like, to be a part of, like, a huge brand. But it's just, like, at one point, that was just, like, a small knit crew. And it wasn't owned by this parent company. Yeah. And just, like, keeping the crews alive or, like, the rider-owned companies. It's just that I think that's the biggest thing. And I just 
love how bigger sports can you can like like skating and stuff like skiing's pulled so much from that and yeah. like like i th like it's weird because a lot of people don't think like most people in action sports are like don't really like they're like oh skiing's cool because they're like oh double backflips stuff like that <laughs> i can respect that like yeah. kiteboarding i do ba double backflips dirt biking i do back like yeah. mountain but like all that stuff <laughs> so like there is a level of just like you're pushing your mind and your body so it relates to a lot of people but there's a way more action sports that are much bigger than skiing yeah like this is like a niche within a niche it's crazy even i was talking to chris yesterday in the line or someone i was like dude there's so many damn snowboarders here like we're not even we're not even the main characters of spring pass you know like snowboarding is like the amount of freaking snowboard i think i've watched more urban snowboard videos than urban ski videos yeah dude that's nuts i th the the cool part is uh, we were talking about this around the campfire last night i forgot with who but there's so many ways to be part of the community and contribute to the community more so like, cause you said everyone's trying to get sponsored, but I think that's like a, a an idea that some a lot of people have. Like, and if you're highly skilled, like you're going to be trying to get sponsored, but dude, if you don't have the skills, there's so many different ways to contribute to skiing. Dude, you could pick up the camera, start filming. You could take some photos, you could start a fucking podcast if you wanted to. Like there's so many different ways to contribute to it, dude. You could be, a, you could be a graphic designer. Like dude, David S. Scards is involved in the ski community in a in a significant way yep. and he's and he's making trading cards dude yep. like there's a lot of different ways to get involved with it i think that um and the people that are passionate about it i don't want them to get bogged down it's like well i'm not that sick so how could i really be part of it yeah. like any dude you can be part of it if like if you use your if you use your noggin and you get creative like anyone can be part of it but i think the rule is like you have to contribute something to it you can't just reap all the benefits from the community without giving something back to it even if that's as simple as just bringing an RV to Spring Pass, dude, you know? Powering everybody's cameras, phones, yeah. all that. Like, I'll do whatever. Or bringing some beers to the campfire, dude. Like, there's so many little ways to get involved. Yeah. It's really, uh, dude, it's really incredible. And it's... <laughs> it's Dom's boiling some water, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's incredible. And I think it's so cool that uh, I think every action sport's like this. I don't know about the sports outside of it, dude. I don't, I don't know about, you know, what football players are sitting around talking about. But it seems like action sports is unique in this way where there's, where, like, art and creativity is inherently a part of it. Yes, I, I totally agree. And just, like, the men, like, it's just, like, you're scaring, like, action sport, like, football, it's gnarly. I'm not, I'll never take anything away from all these normal sports, but, like, when you're, on a mountain bike or you're on a dirt bike or you're on skis and it comes down to like you don't have a team like a team per se you're to learn tricks it's all you and it's just like yeah you see people around you doing it so you know it's possible and then it's just like all right can i do it like what do i need to like what steps do i need to take to learn something and it's just like the mental battle of getting over fear is it's just something that action sports people can just like yeah can just relate so hard because it's just like going out surfing you're paddling into like two foot waves and then you get better and better and you're like oh i'm paddling out on a 15 foot day and you're just like holy cow i'm about to get clamped by a huge wave like i gotta start practicing breathing and it's just like yeah. the scary moments like that and it's just like on a mountain bike you could hit a tree like there's sk skiing you could hit a tree oh yeah like it's just crazy how all that stuff relates dude i never thought of that but it's like fear fear is a huge part of the of the sport too like it's just constantly overcoming overcoming your fear and just pushing your your comfort zone. Yeah. 
Like that's the only that's the only way to progress. You know, you're playing soccer. Yeah. You could just go out on the soccer field and do drills all day until you're good. Yeah. But like with any action sport, like you're not getting better yeah. unless you're getting over the fear of doing X, Y, and Z. And in every sport, there's people that break out from from being just an average person in many ways like there's people that don't do triples and stuff in skiing but they've just done so many back twos so many front foot like that they just get so comfortable that it becomes super stylish and you can just watch it all day and they aren't someone who has triples they aren't someone going to x games yeah. but that you can still like oh wow like the way he did that was amazing like i'm gonna add like i'm gonna take that and maybe add a little bit to it or just like I can res- like that's just so cool because I've done so many of those simple tricks but you just put that flair on it yeah dude yeah the it's just it is so great like I uh dude in high school I played soccer a little bit but then I quit to work but uh I just dude fuck team sports I'll say it <laughs> I'll say it like I like if that's your thing great but dude I was just never into it dude I just I don't know. I, th- I think you just got to be wired a certain way, but it's like I the personal achievement aspect of this sport in particular and pushing yourself and growing. I th- dude, I just love it so much more. I think the com- I think the competitive side is cool. I've never competed in skiing, but uh like if you still got that kind of jock mindset, like that's it's kind of best of both worlds. Dude. You get to be competitive and have that personal like individual aspect to it. Yeah, if you're able to push yourself that hard, I'm like those top tier freaking slope style contest i'm sure amazing because you just you're like i have there's 20 of the best dudes in the world if i want to be that best dude it's right here in front of me i see what they're doing i need to do it so like i bet that that tight-knit group up there like i know some of them and it's just like they're they're all friends like some sports they travel all over the world and they never talk to each other and then like like sign like you hear podcasts with simon and them and they're just like they talk to like friends that they had when they were 16 and it's just like no, we were competitors, like, we didn't really hang out or anything, but it just seems like this younger generation of those X Games dudes, like, they're just traveling around the world as a huge group of friends, there's no hate whatsoever, they're just, yo, I learned this today, yo, that's insane, like, then they probably go into their room or whatever, and they're like, all right, Mac just did this, (laughs) now I need to do this, and it's just like, I see exactly what he did, we have all the footage, we can play back, and that he can talk me through it, like... Yeah. It's it's really cool that it's like not a team sport, but those very top dudes are really close and they like there's no like I'm not gonna help you with this. It's like they help each other. It's a really cool thing to see. Yeah, dude. And it just pushes our sport further and further. Yeah, dude. <laughs> those guys have an incredible life. Just traveling around, going to these competitions, and it's the biggest group of goofballs you've ever met dude it's so funny it is so funny and i really do wonder uh and i'll probably talk to them about this next time but it's just like what's the exit like from that like you're like you're going around like being a family with like for years with all these guys that you love and then you know one day the music ends and you gotta transition it's like and I, i forget who i was talking to i think we were saying this yesterday but it's like as you, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that not everything lasts forever. But like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, just because something fun's ending, doesn't mean something isn't waiting around the corner. Like, I never would have imagined doing all this stuff ever before, before like in high school and college. And dude, now I'm out here and I'm like, oh my god, like this is great. And I had no idea that it was waiting for me. It's just, uh, dude, it's so cool. 
It's so magical. This place is insane. <laughs> it's just wild. Just like all the little experiences, just like coming out when I was 12, coming out. I've been here for six years. Like I always like watch people surfing. I tried once in Pent Lake on the East Coast to surf on like a shitty lifeguard foam board I found on the beach and just like horrible waves. Ne- like didn't even catch a wave that day. And then just like coming out to Spring Pass, like, oh, the coast is two hours away. The first year, I think we, that group of 18 Canadians, we all went to the coast, all got surfboards. And just that entire day, we all, like, there was one kid that could surf. And he, like, obviously went out the back and was catching waves. But the majority of us were just freaking getting eaten by whitewash all day. But, you know, you just, you, you push yourself. The dude next to you is like, all right, I'm not going to be soft. I'm going to do, like, keep going. And it's just, it's just cool. And then just, like, the fact that, like, I was always, like, any urban trip I went on during the winter, Saturday night, I was watching Supercross. And it's just, like, I just always watched dirt bikes and stuff like that. And then just, like, had a dirt bike when I was a kid that my grandmother bought me, and it broke. And I, like, took it all apart. Winter hit, and I it was when I got big into skiing, and I just never put it back together. And just this crazy story of a family in my hometown moving to Oregon they were like, hey, do you want to drive our moving truck? We've never driven this big of a vehicle. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so I flew back to the East Coast, saw that there was a lot of extra room in the back of the the, the van. And I was like, I'm going to take my dirt bike out west. I've been wanting to build, <laughs> like, get this thing together. Like, it's it's time. And my grandmother bought it for me. And it just so happened, like, a couple months before this happened, she passed away. And I got a little bit of money. And I was just like, all right. I invested some of it. I was like, all right, I'm either going to blow this or I could do something cool with it. And I was just like, I'm going to put it back into this dirt bike that she bought me. Yeah. That's like something I'm really passionate about. And then coming out for spring pass and staying. And then now that I had this dirt bike that I built, I did not realize the scene of dirt biking around Portland. And I'm just like, now I'm just started going to races, pulling up. I'm meeting all these older dudes, like ex-pros that just like stay around their family races and it's just like another scene of action sports that like now I'm getting into and it's just I can see so many things that relate to skiing and yeah just the com- like the community aspect of action sports is just so rude. there's nothing like it really yeah dude one thing that you made me think about well, first of all, you're pretty good at you're pretty good at your hobbies. Like you're pretty good at what you do. But I think what you have is like you're not afraid to be bad at something at first. You know, like like you're saying going out to the shore and like everyone sucks at snow at, at uh, surfing except for this one kid. And dude, this is something I read a long time ago. But it's like the fool is the precursor to the hero. Like you can't be the shit unless at one point you suck at something. And you you can never get to the point of being the man if you're not willing to be the scrub at first. Like you have to, pretty much, you have to be willing to be bad at stuff at first if you want to learn to do new things. And I mean that could you could tie that into pretty much anything that you do. Like you fix cars like a madman. And I think on the other podcast you did the A frame, you were like, yeah, dude. Like I don't have any formal training in that. It's just like it's just trial and error. You just put like just drive like uh, when I drove out west like I just stayed out basically so like I'm by myself my family most of my normal friends are mile like thousands of miles away and it's just like you know I have like I definitely know some people that like if something really bad happened I could call but I'm someone who like if obviously if a bad scenario happens I'll call somebody but I don't like to rely on people because it's just like it you you can teach yourself how to like react in certain situations and just like 
being able to rely on yourself is a really cool feeling. And, like, you know, I bought my first RV out of Portland, and it was a pretty run-down piece of shit. And just, like, things would just start breaking. And it's just, like, you wake up in the morning in Summit County, Colorado. It's super cold out. And for some reason, you just have no electricity. And it's just, like, all right, now I got to start freaking probing wires and figure it out. And it's just, like, it sucks, and you hate it. And you just got to have backup plans. So I just, like, I had a generator at the time, so I just plugged it in so I could have power at least to then start working on things. And... I'm just a person that I like problem solving, so it's just like when something like that happens, it's a shitty feeling, you're stressed out, you're angry, you just like, I don't want to be here right now, but if you just, you know, calm yourself down and you just like start going at it, you start canceling things out, because it's really not what you know, it's like what you can cancel out, and it'll teach you, and you just learn along the way, and it's taught like, one of the best decisions I ever made was to buy that old RV because it taught me so much. Just like, and then once you figure out a wiring problem or you freaking blow an engine like me and you're stuck somewhere and you're like, shit, am I about to go buy, like, start renting an apartment or am I going to do every possible thing to possibly get a loan for a new art? Like, when you get back, when you go from getting knocked down to being further ahead all of a sudden, you're just like, Wow, that is such a powerful and insane feeling. It is, dude. And I'll even take it to like a simpler example. Like, I'm car camping, and I was texting somebody on my birthday. And like, hey, what are you doing on your birthday? I'm like, oh, I'm at Badlands looking for bison right now. And like, they're like, oh, that's awesome. Like, are you with anyone? I was like, no, dude, we're just alone. Like, and they're like, oh, where are you sleeping? I'm like, I'm sleeping in the car. And they're like, that's crazy. Like, I could never do that. It's like, yes, you can. Like, no one's no one's born knowing how to, like, people have natural talents, but no one's born having any set of skills or, like, any, like, you learn all those things, dude. Like, just to use the car, like, the RV, even that's beyond me, like, fixing wires and shit. But, dude, you car camp, you just learn things every single day. Like, okay, this arrangement ain't easy for getting in and out of bed. Let's change that up. Oh, it gets a little bit too bright in the morning or, oh, the streetlights are keeping me up. Let's buy something for the windows or let's let's make something for the windows. Oh, I'm hungry. Let's learn to camp cook. Or, oh, I don't want to cook. Let's <laughs> run to the grocery store every single day and uh, get some food. So there's, dude, there's, depending on what your confidence level is at a baseline, there's so many ways to, uh, like, just expand that zone of comfort and, like, get good at something that you're currently bad at. Just, yeah, exactly. You just got to get... You just have to put yourself out there to be uncomfortable. And then yeah. it's just... The uncomfortable level will shrink and shrink and shrink to where you're, like... It's just got to be this wild situation where you're, like, no, I have no idea what to do. But yeah. then it's just, like, you... We have, we're in the 21st century. We have phones. So, like, worst case scenario, you call somebody or you Google it. Yeah, like that. It's insane the amount of education I've got off YouTube of fixing cars and yeah. just like, oh, wire broke. Like, how do you diagnose a wire problem? Or like, dude, YouTube. Like, if you, yeah. Like, I don't like. Yeah, dude. I was. It's so funny because I was driving out here. I was telling you I was reading all about Lewis and Clark, yeah. and I was reading about the Oregon Trail. Dude, if those people could make it cross country, yes. and it'd take them. A better part of a year, yeah. couple years, you know, Lewis and Clark, it took like yeah, like yeah, four yeah. years to get back and forth or something ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, dude, you pretty much have no excuse to drive cross country with everything that, all the access to everything that we have now, yes. you know, it's just, uh, it's incredible. And, uh, I don't know, should we try to make this go over an hour? We're at 51 minutes. We can go, we can go skiing if we want to. Weird. Yeah. I mean, people are starting to wake up. I haven't seen Barkley get up or anything. <laughs>
Big Bark. <laughs> um, He's an interesting dude. I'm excited to listen to that podcast too. Yeah. We gotta get him. You gotta get him on. We'll do it. All right. So we'll cut it at we'll cut it at what we got now. Ryan, that was great, dude. Great first test run. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for the RV, and uh, it's been real, dude. Thank you. Peace out. Sweet.